Forum with your host, Seema Vasa. Our program is designed to bring you business tips and success stories directly from the people who are making it happen. If you could use a little motivation and a lot of ideas to help you and your company move forward, stick around for the next hour. Now, here is Seema Vasa. Welcome to the forum. I am Seema Vasa, your host. Today we're talking about a topic that's very near and dear to many of us. If you're a woman, you know what we're talking about. It's choices and balance. If you're a leader, it's understanding. And if you're obviously an employer, you would definitely want to listen to this. We have such an exciting guest today. We have Quiera Archer Cunningham, who has been a social entrepreneur, a thought leader, a visionary. She's traveled the globe, sharing her insight on cultural intelligence And I want to note, she received the National Arts and Humanities Youth Program Award from President Obama, which is amazing. Currently, she is the Chief Visionary Officer for Ashe Consulting. Welcome, Quayera. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. I know that you have a lot to share. Um, I, I am so curious, with your international background and experience, you know, we talk about choice and, and balance in the workplace for women. How do you see this in the, internationally? Are women dealing with the same issues on an international scale as well? Absolutely. I was actually surprised by that when I traveled and worked in Africa and the Caribbean region, as well as Brazil. I realized that women are really navigating the balance between home responsibilities and traditional messaging they've received around that and their desire to be nurturing with their children at home as well as the excellent um, providers and, and um, caretakers through work choices and be amazing executors at work and then incorporating self-care in their lives. That's something globally that women, no matter what religion what language or what region they live in, they're all navigating that. And I'm not going to say struggling with it because I think some folks are really developing some innovative techniques to manage it, but some of us are really still struggling with it. Yeah. I love, I love the word navigating. It feels like it's proactive and solutions oriented versus struggling and suffering. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's a positive way to think about it. And, and are you seeing differences in the way countries or employers in different countries are dealing with uh, helping women with their choices in the workplace? Well, absolutely. I do find that in the U.S. we're a little bit further behind than some uh, countries, uh, particularly even Brazil. I'm noticing that they are able to have their employers incorporate more of an understanding, kind of broad spectrum uh, with an understanding for child care and having women either A, take more time off, B, be able to have a collective um, child care opportunity available at the workplace. And sure. I find that it's very individual, uh, individual successes are available in the U.S. similar to that. So if an employer is very progressive, they may have uh, longer um, time off for maternity or partial work at home opportunities. And lastly, maybe setting up some type of um, cooperative at work where women can uh, have 
shared values around child care at work. So, sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's a little disappointing, but I guess not surprising to hear about the U.S. being behind. Uh, it seems it's very much, you know, it, 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 it almost feels, and correct me if I'm wrong, that societies tend to embrace the challenges and work on work on them as a collective versus if 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 as if as a society we don't embrace them then they're not worked as a collective are well, you seeing that really yeah, yes absolutely that's very very true and when i was running a corporation in a major one with 40 employees in in new york i realized that i was very much alone as a leader as a CEO right. and had to really develop uh, alliances with other CEOs to create a support group for our employees and not just women, primarily women, but also some men that were single fathers sure. and so forth. So what was really important was the how we were able to share successes because it's not easy. There is no playbook that comes with deciding to have children at work in right. a child care section that may not be budgeted for five years prior. So you're looking sure. to generate additional income. You're looking at what are the pitfalls that you can come up against. And when there's no collective learning, it's very difficult. And oftentimes it's kind of, you know, expired out very quickly for reasons of failure. It doesn't sure. work. It's not equaling efficiency, effectiveness, and it's messing with the bottom line. However, what we were able to find and demonstrate across platforms and companies is the fact that employees were happier because they felt they didn't, women didn't feel guilty that they right. weren't providing the best for their children. Their, their work was at a higher level of excellence and their wellness they were more balanced and happier women when they were at work and therefore being helpful to other employees. So that was, although a little bumpy at first, we were able to develop a collective across a region. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And and from your perspective, you know, I, even recently I've been reading so much that balance doesn't exist anymore. Like the, the, the notion to strive for balance is is not, I don't want to say attainable, but that word is almost now out of sorts, given technology, given people can work virtually. What's your perspective on, quote-unquote, balance and and the need for it? Wow, that's a really good point, Seema. Balance, to me, really equals priority, right? Because okay. everything yes. can't have excuse me, you only have a certain amount of energy every day and a certain amount of resources, and you have to prioritize what amount are you going to put in your biggest, you know, pocket. And and if you decide, and that's really based on values and your core ethics and what's most important to you in life. And I think that's where women now are really deciding what balance is or what their priority is. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's been, okay, I want to be really excellent at work. I want to, and, and rightfully so, we should right. have that, that right and opportunity. But it, what's happened is it's been the cost between that and our families or ourselves or our children. And you were considered a bad person if you really liked cooking <laughs> or if right. you liked picking up your child from school or wanted to be a soccer mom. It, it almost was simultaneous with you're not a successful 
executive or you're not successful at work. That's why you have to do that. And I think women have really been trying to explore that and define it for themselves and say, you know what, I really do like picking up my children from school. If I can't do it every day, it's really important for me to do it once a week or Mm -hmm. twice a week or once a month even and not feel guilty about that. So it's about prioritizing because everyone's balance is completely different. Right? right, and it also goes into resources. Right, some people just don't. We we don't have that luxury to say I right. cannot work, and 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 be with my children all the time. So it's really about also women collectively developing a voice to be able because one person can't go to their employer and say I really need to take off this one day a month because it's really important for me to be a class mother or a class right. whatever. If women get together in the workplace and say, let's present this in a comprehensive manner because this is really important to us and we want to be sustainable at work, we want to have longevity, and we really want to, we really want to be happy people, I've, I've seen more success in that manner when women come together and they're able to present some of the findings and outcomes around prioritizing and balance and excellence at work. Yeah, you talk a lot about affinity groups and and the need to rely on each other, women or or like-minded people, not to be exclusionary, uh, with similar values and priorities. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What are some examples that you've seen in corporations or communities where that's really played out to you know advance um, women in general or a a company by embracing some of those um, ideas? Right, right. I think when when people share information, great things can be achieved and great things happen. Um, okay. In shared groups, we find that a lot of um, successes are able to be unveiled and or or possibilities of what may have worked in other environments and give people not just a a safe space to express some of the gaps and challenges and successes that they could embrace and and incorporate um, into their lives and their their structure, their daily working structure, but also a place to begin organizing and present optional governance strategies to their employers. So that's a really big piece because I keep going back to... um, in my work, I've found that it's the collectivity. A lot of people, a lot of women feel really alone, whether mm-hmm. it's um, the, the different ages, whether mm-hmm. it's the different ladders, meaning the levels of, of management that they're in or entry-level mid-management or executive. They still feel very isolated and don't really feel comfortable or have the opportunities and safe space to share information. And therefore, the progression um, doesn't happen as rapidly or comfortably and, most important, authentically. And I'm really looking for ways for women to be more at home in the workplace, to feel like yeah. they're in, they're, they belong there, they're endowed with it, they're comfortable. and they, yeah, right. they have a lot to offer. 
that 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 would be i think i think you know f- f- through so many of the interviews and people i've met i think that would be an amazing feeling for a lot of women and a lot of people who have similar priorities just because it's very hard to attain and you know we're even seeing it among the younger generation where they're moving towards entrepreneurship to kind of control their life a little bit more and have their own balance and priorities play out in the way that they can do it and kind of sacrificing the, the corporate, um, you know, the traditional corporate ladder, um, which, which is quite interesting. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a point that has been uh, revealing itself more recent is that there's, in the generation timeline now, there are four different generations of women yes. in the workplace for the first time, which their core values, their education, how they deal with money and family are completely different. If there were opportunities, more opportunities or more, uh, more of an openness to bring those four generations together, I think we could really create some major milestones in terms of advancement As you stated, the younger generations, our millennial women, are saying, I am not going to work. They look at us like we're crazy. (laughs) Right. And and thank God for them. I know. I mean, there are things they can learn from us, but thank God. Of course. Yes. (laughs) They came in saying, what's wrong with you people? Why are you working until you have a heart attack? Why are you, not that you shouldn't love your job, but... Sure. Why are you then coming home and working and yelling at whoever's living with yeah. you, family, <laughs> children, that they're disturbing you? Why is why is that so important? And that question was an opportunity, I think, for a lot of us that yes. were either baby boomers or Generation Xers or even Generation Yers to say, right. what are we doing? And yeah. looking at fun a little bit more, being a bit more... You know, um, how do we merge families? How do we use these pieces of technology to enhance our our wellness? And so right. when, when, when I go back to balance, it's really about self-care and, yes. and prioritizing. So that, that's, to me, the most important thing because we want to be really successful in our businesses. We want to contribute to the world. But in contributing to the world, are we forgetting ourselves and our families? That's, that's really well said. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a, lot, a little bit more about this Superman notion or superwoman notion and, and learn a little bit more of Quayera's perspective there. Stay tuned. Okay. We'll see you after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. 
Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to The Forum. I am speaking to my guest today, Quayera Archer Cunningham. She is sharing with us her perspectives on women, the choices we make, not just looking at it from a U.S. lens, but looking at it internationally through all her experience and time overseas. Quayera, before the break, we were talking about uh, the concept of the Superman notion. Tell us a little bit more about what that is and what you see in terms of people buying into it or not buying into it. Yes. So there, we all know about the Superman notion, right? Yes. But there's this yes. piece of uh, the pie that we've adopted as women called the Superwoman notion. And some people actually have it as a reality in their lives. Uh, how I'd like to start with that is uh, we often hear that a woman's work is never done. In every culture around the world I've been in, it's, it's, it's said in so, so many true. different ways. In America, years ago, there was a commercial jingle that said, you know, I can bring home the bacon, I can fry it up in a pan and never, never, never forget my man because I'm a woman. And there was some product that was mentioned at the end. It rang in all of our heads. I remember that, yes. Yeah, we would sing Mm -hmm. it as if that was, we're supposed to do all of that and we're supposed to come (laughs) and look pretty and after making an 18-course dinner and working all day and, you know, take care of the children and then be these beautiful goddess right. running around, right? So <laughs> we, we believe that. And I think it's kind of a cool thing to look at. But when you really begin unpacking that, it's like how many of us really believe that that's how we're supposed to live. And we got messages from our mothers. Some of us, some of us, like myself, right. which I, I right. could be a bit more specific and say, my mother did it all. She, had, she was a hematologist, literally. She had a side job. She did, uh, she was a beautiful woman. She cooked all the meals. We didn't have a helper all the time. You know, maybe once a month someone would come in. Sure. But she did the cleaning. She took care of the children. She And she was frazzled, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. But right. she thought that this was the way to be a successful woman, a professional, a, a wife, a you know, home, good home care person, a, a mother. It was so overwhelming. I got those messages and was very, very happy to exhibit that type of behavior. And when I did, and, and people looked at me like I was crazy, I would say, what's wrong with you guys? You just can't pull it together. 
Get it right. together. But in the meanwhile, my nervous system was shot. Okay. Yep. I was I was moving so fast and in building my corporation and having two children twenty three months apart, being a wife it was it was enormous. I didn't feel the effects of it until probably five, seven, eight years in. And that's right. when I realized that I was going so fast that I was missing so many nuances. Even though I felt somewhat balanced, I was completely out of balance. I was not healthy at all physically. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't take, doing self-care. I was really, at, at different points, I was really good at one thing or the other. And there were things that suffered. I had child care, luckily, and I had a partner that was an equal opportunity partner. So right. things I couldn't do. But I can't say that at times he didn't grow up with the same images I grew up with. So although he was working to be equal opportunity, there was sometimes some, you know, thought or desire. Why aren't you doing these things? They are the domestic things, even though I was out working. So um, it, it was a lot of complexities to deal with. And I think that if we took more time early on before we even partner up and grow families and enter the workplace to really begin defining if there is a superwoman notion, what are we buying into within that notion? And is it, is it, is it going to feed our values, our ultimate goals personally, as well as for family? And I think that as we grow into adults as women, we begin to, what, what we have done in my generation, myself, put our professional or life goal, the life goals and professional goals are kind of mixed in one. And sometimes the family doesn't necessarily filter into that or your self-care. Right. And to be able to segment them out and say, what are the points of connection? Literally mm-hmm. writing them down and being that specific. Here are my professional goals. Here are my personal goals. And here are my family goals. And this, right. and, and, and this, is my priority. And if all three of those don't meet that priority, you have to figure out what you're willing to let go at different times. So sometimes being able to go, I had to reach a level to say, what's most important to me is X. And I had to be able to say, I have to let this and this go. And I'm willing to let it go and be able to take that risk. That has made me so happy. People look at me now at 52 years old and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're so healthy. How come you're <laughs> but, so but, healthy? But, but, you, why? What are you on? I'm like, well, right. you know, I, I do what I want to do and I make sure it right. filters into my, 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 my core values and my core values feed everything. My children, even in their 20s now, they say, you're such a great role model, Ma. You taught us a lot. You dragged us through everywhere you went, but you were kind of like on the edge a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you right. were really, you know, high, high strung and your wire seemed a bit burned out. And thank God at a certain point, I was able to turn that around and right. say to my children, I'm really out of balance. Yeah, I think I think the, the, the challenge that so many of us have is that we're on autopilot. And to, to, to step back and to really think about priorities, well, well, I would say priorities, but even further than that, to know what you want, I think is so difficult to answer mm-hmm. for many of us because mm-hmm. it means you're choosing a path and it means that you're doing 
you're, you're saying no to something else. What, what do you think of that notion? Right. I, I like to remind women or clients that I work with that right. at any given moment, you have the opportunity to outgrow your past moment. So if you set a goal and you say no to A and C, and right. it doesn't work for you because you've reached your pinnacle, you can now choose B. You have that power to right. choose at any given moment. So to, to really embrace the fullness of what you want today and work sure. towards that. And when you've outgrown it, give yourself permission to mm-hmm. move to the next stage. Uh, for me, that's equal being in the third phase of my career. Right, <laughs> right. Giving myself permission and not beating myself up. Yep. I, I think that's we're guilty of all of that. We're guilty of beating ourselves up if we're changing tracks and having a different right. perspective. And and it's really I find I this year, the last two years, I feel that I've forgiven myself in so many ways to say, No, it's okay. I have a different desire now and this is where I want to focus and, and and not beating myself up about it all the time. Because it's exactly. it's awful. It's an awful feeling when you it do is. that. Yeah. And it's uh, liberating to not, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, this notion of self-care, uh, it, it's an important one. And I know that you really encourage women to take the time to do something that kind of re-energizes them. Uh, have you seen more and more women embrace this concept to kind of, you know, if I give myself a little bit of, time or re-energizing, I'm going to be a better kind of mom professional. What's been the reaction that you've seen from women who, who kind of try to embrace that concept? I've seen a very positive reaction, uh, particularly in women seeing it in other women. I think that the, the biggest um, inspirer has been women seeing other women successfully doing it. So when they see people that are happy, that are well, and that are still doing their careers and balancing or prioritizing, um, they, they are able to say, wait a minute, I want to incorporate that and, and, and ask, especially if they don't have a group of women that's a safe space that they can have these conversations. Even I've seen throughout retreats, they are willing to begin incorporating some of their 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 passions huh? because right. a lot of what I've found is what keeps people really healthy is working or incorporating their passions in their life. Everyone hasn't had the opportunity to live their passions and turn it into work, thus their life purpose. But sure. I see more and more women incorporating passions, if they like to work out, if they like to sing or do music or travel, not just the one week a year, but really incorporating passions in a way where they're able to even possibly monetize them in some way, which has been, I think, the biggest area I've seen women growing in, incorporating passions and finding a way to monetize them so that eventually it could become something that they actually are able to use to sustain themselves and be really happy. And, and love, yeah, exactly, and love working versus seeing it as an ends to a mean, means to an end. Exactly. 
Exactly. And it takes time. It definitely does to develop the skill set around your passion. And I'm, I'm seeing that happen more. And that to me is the basis of well balance. I see more women working out. You know, what, what's been very interesting in the research is how much the, there's been a rise of women getting ill in their yes. middle age in the workplace, a very, very uh, sickly um, situations have been arising, whether it's the heart or blood pressure or diabetes or, you know, just really an increase and a rise in those sicknesses. And so I think that's really speaking to people to begin looking at ways that they can remain healthy. Yeah, and it's almost that they're forced to do it at this point in time because it's just it's not it's not manageable in terms of balancing all of it. Right, right, right. Well, you have to prioritize, and that's what I tell my clients. You really have to prioritize and let something go. And yes, like you said, Seema, it is actually having the courage to say no to something. That takes a lot of courage, and we in the superwoman notion believe that we're unsuccessful if we say no to other things and say yes to ourselves. Yes. In saying yes to ourselves, you actually are able to help more people. And I think that's our really caring, giving, nurturing side that we are constantly uh, grappling with. Right. That's natural for a lot of women, and we just want to take care of everybody. Right. That's um, right. (laughs) And it's really difficult to not take care of yourself first if you're taking care of everyone. It's it's rewiring the brain, right, to know that you can take better care of other people if you actually take care of yourself. Exactly. Um, and that's a hard thing to, to rewire, but it can be done. I, I definitely want to talk more, and I, I, I'm so interested in this notion that there's four generations of women now in the workforce and would love to talk to you more about your observations of how those generations are interacting with each other and even more so than that how can we kind of change the tide for all of us what are some concrete ideas so stay tuned we'll be back and we'll continue the conversation after the break When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com. 
or call 516-591-0270. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back. I am speaking to Quira Archer Cunningham, and we are talking about uh, the issues, the opportunities for women and before we left for the break, we just had started talking about this this idea, and it's not even an idea, it's a fact, that it is the first time in our workforce that we're, where we have four generations of working women. And Quayara, I know you've done some research and you've kind of looked into this to understand the differences of uh, each generation and their values of, of working women. It'd be great if you could share that with our listeners. Oh, absolutely. I love, thank you, Seema. I love talking about this because I find it quite fascinating that for the first time in our history, there are actually four generations of women working together uh, all in the workplace. Uh, while it's healthy competition is not a bad yes. thing, we have to remember our responsibility to foster the connectivity with other women. And what I've really been intrigued by is we have women born between 1922 and 1945. Those are considered the veterans, right? They're silent traditionalists. And then the baby boomers between 46 and 64. And then we have the generation Xers between 65 and 80 and 81 to 2000 and beyond is the generation Y or the millennials, the echo boomers, we call them, right? And so (laughs) the veterans, their core values were really based on being conformers, being disciplined, and a respectful authority. So you can imagine if that's um, a veteran's uh, core value and they're working next to a baby boomer whose core value is optimism and involvement, right? Right. (laughs) And then that person is working next to a Generation Xer who is about skepticism, fun, and Mm -hmm. informality. (laughs) Can you imagine informality (laughs) with discipline and respect for authority? And then you have the millennials who deal with realism, confidence, extreme fun, and they're really social. So those four... Along, yeah. you know, sometimes you hear the complaints about the millennials. They just don't want to work in. And, you know, you hear the, the negative side or you yes. hear the negative side of the veteran. They just say yes to everything and they don't challenge authority. I believe if we can have more opportunities for these four generations to communicate with each other, we can pull strengths from each group and make it that much more powerful. If you even go to the next tier for these four groups around family. The families for veterans are traditional and nuclear. You know, Mm -hmm. then Generation X, the people born between 65 and 80, 
a lot. They latchkey. They were latchkey children. Right. Right. <laughs> they themselves were latchkey children, and or they actually have latchkey children. And then the millennials, they have merged families. It's very different. The families right. may have two mothers, <laughs> two fathers. Yes. You know, they spend weekends here and there. They, it's it's just a very different reality. And the last piece that I want to. Um, look at, well, one of the last pieces before I pause is education, because I think this really informs who shows up in the workplace, right? So for the veterans, education was a dream. Right. For the baby boomers, it was a birthright. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, I am supposed to be educated. A way to get there was education for the generation Xers, right? It's it's like how I can get to the next level. And now our millennials, they're saying that's just a a big expense, and I don't know that I really want to do it. And so they're showing up in the workplace, and then the other generations are saying, we may not have as much respect for you because you don't have as much respect for education. It's not that they don't have respect for education. It's that they're learning in different ways, and they're quite adept at what they learn when they show up. So uh, the generation wires, they earn money these days to spend it. They just don't earn to, right. It's not like I'm going to be a slave to the money. Mm -hmm. It's it's very, very different. Quality of life is extremely, extremely important. So if we're able to have this connection with women as women who are sunsetting their careers, with women who are actually beginning to enter, we can bring ourselves together and have honest dialogue to really share. Because I find that oftentimes, again, I keep saying there's not that safe place to say, this is what I've really struggled with and not be critiqued or judged, or maybe critiqued, but not judged for sharing your truth. And then we're able to responsibly pass on as much information authentically to the younger generations coming up of women who are inevitably going to be the leaders in the workplace and possibly bringing in more of a balance. But some of the really great values that the veterans and baby boomers may have had Right, not to throw right. out the baby with the bathwater, but not to forget yeah. those trailblazers and what they did for us, right? But to really be able to hear it. I think sometimes we just see the big teleprompter with what was bad with those groups and how they really didn't look up to challenge. But there are some real gems in what they've done. And if we can get that information, we can really begin to create, I think, a new path for women, I agree. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, when the veterans, I, I, I know many and, you know, to some degree, as I've evolved in my own career, I, I, it's almost regardless of how they behave or how they might be perceived, there's this underlying feeling that I'm thankful for them because they're the ones who right. set the, you know, they set the path for us. And and nor do they want to talk about it necessarily either. It, it's it's right. that silent generation. So it's right. almost perceived as competitive or feeling threatened. And, you know, mm-hmm. a, as time goes on, I look at it and say, no, it's actually just that's how they operate. And looking at a lens of appreciation, um, you know, I, I think I, I, it would be fantastic if they could share their stories because I think it makes them more human and it, it relates to, it allows a younger generation to really understand that path which you know i don't know if the i don't know if the the younger millennials truly appreciate 
how hard those women had to work or how we all had to work to, to pave the, pave the way, um, to be where they are today. I, I agree with you so much. What, when I'm working with a corporation, I, and I have millennials in the group, uh, part of the exercise that I give them their, their homework is to really look at some of the veterans and to go in their workplace and to salute their efforts and let them know what we've learned from their trailblazing efforts. And sometimes I just take some time to unpack because they say we've learned nothing. And so part sure. of the, yeah. the exercise <laughs> is to really look at what they've learned and really um, begin to go and talk to them and speak out their advice is right. very important because they are a silent generation and they're not mm-hmm. willing to talk about it. And there is competition and you have these new younger, you know, all of that right. is really present and it's real. So getting the younger, the, well, let me not say younger, but the, the millennials, the ones right. entering the workforce to come in and seek out the um, veterans advice yes. and salute them um, in an authentic way, not just, yeah. you know, just doing it to do it, but really, thanking them and creating this dialogue, I think is essential because that, you know, the, the millennials are very courageous. They're very outspoken. They're very, you know, so they're not fearful or apprehensive to talk to anyone. Right. So they can begin the conversation and it has been so successful because, after that's happened, after the exercise, we see this cross-generational, intergenerational dialogue beginning. Mm-hmm. And I've even seen at a corporation that I've gone back to where they've created this women's group where now the, the millennials are giving awards <laughs> to women that they felt were they felt they learned the most from who were sunsetting their careers. So they've instituted, yeah, they've instituted an award ceremony annually. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, You use the word authentic quite often um, in communication. Tell me a little bit more about that. Is that, that's Are you finding that people are really are when they're supposed to be connecting, not connecting how does that play out? I think people connect. I don't think people are socialized to connect authentically. And okay. so it's about protecting yourself and safeguarding mm. and sometimes even attacking. <laughs> you know, gotcha. if you feel someone's after you, um, after your job, after right. your character, after, you know, and that really has us build and put on a lot of layers, which become very heavy. It's like carrying a lot of luggage on your back. And I find that when we're able to create, excuse me, opportunities for people to, to to be able to define what authenticity is for them, we begin to have real conversations and people begin to re- define and design who they are and how they show up in the world. I don't think that people, I I use the word also safe space, have a safe space where they're not going to be penalized for saying, this is what I'm considering. This is what I'm feeling, or this is what I want to have more of. 
you just don't have time to do that. And like you said, you're, you know, we're like going, 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 going. Mm-hmm. When do you have a time to figure out how much of this is what I have taken on from the world around me, taken right. on as a result of survival mechanism, or who I really am? And you can never really get to happiness, which will take you to wellness and prioritization and self-care, if you don't even know who you authentically are. You can't ask people, sometimes we, you know, as, as executives, ask your staff members to be authentic in meetings. They don't right. even authentically have time to think about who they authentically are. Right. So, you <laughs> know, it does feel to... like everything's just so fast-paced that it, it's hard to get to that point. But I agree with you. It's critical to, to, to navigate right. just, you know, the corporation, the relationships, but ultimately, to your point, your priorities. Right, uh, the, right. It's, it's very telling. So we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on in, in overall in terms of women and uh, corporations. Are there any interesting programs that we're seeing from employers that are embracing women uh, much more earnestly than in prior years? Stay tuned, and we'll be back after the break. Thanks. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back. I'm uh, here talking to Quaira Archer Cunningham, who is a thought leader has traveled the globe, learning a lot about cultural nuances and intelligence about uh, and sharing intelligence with many corporations and 
organizations. And before the break, we were talking about the future and what things are changing for women. And from an employer perspective, are there innovative programs that we've seen or, or observed? And Quayer, I know from your clientele and consulting, it'd be great to know, uh, you know, are there, are you seeing people move the needle? And what, what types of programs are you seeing? Well, yes, I am seeing um, corporations invest more in women retreats to create the space for hiring consultants or, you know, finding different opportunities for women to go away and find time to have their voice really show up in the corporation. And that could be threatening for some employers in corporations because you'll send right. women away and they come back organized and saying, wait a minute, and start advocating in a way that they didn't feel they had the agency to do before. And sure. so that takes a lot for a corporation to do that. And I'm really happy to see that happening a bit more. Um, also in the Caribbean, I am seeing a lot of women in executive positions. Uh, there was a research um, report done the other day that Jamaica in particular have some of this, there's few places more likely for your supervisor to be a woman than in Jamaica. However, when we looked at it more closely, they are not in senior positions. So they're really not, they're managers, but they're middle managers and they're not having the impact on the entire culture. So although there are more women managers, more women working, and just globally that needle keeps growing, we're mm. not in the positions to change culture. So gotcha. what I'm seeing is I'm looking for more opportunities and encouraging more corporations to create those affinity groups to be able to have women organize and come to work to be able to change culture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yes. a, it's it, you know, I don't, I, power can be uh, perceived as a bad word, but it's, it's almost just col- uh, creating some collective power, if you will, within an organization to kind of advance issues and topics uh, for um, uh, corporations to consider. I think yes. that's, and obviously the safe space is also important uh, to be able to collaborate and communicate with other women. But it, it, it does feel as if, um, you know, they're str- women are stronger together uh, to advance their agenda versus kind of working through individual uh, avenues. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, and, I, and I think I shared this with you as well. You know, I've seen a trend where, you know, at panels that we're hosting or discussion groups, there's a conscious effort to kind of, you know, do a scorecard of how many women are on the panel versus how many men. And it's really, as an in, as different industries, keeping the industry accountable for making sure women show up and they continue to develop their skills and, and share their passions as well. Because we know how hard that is, again, to balance everything. But if there's there's opportunities it's it's trying to encourage employees to take advantage of those opportunities as well absolutely i know there was a day without women this year and that was really interesting because women that didn't even participate in america they got wind of it and they were very excited at first they said oh that's some of them said, you know, they're separatists. Why are we doing that? Right. And then others said, wait a minute, this is really powerful. Look, these women have their little girls. They're 
role modeling that it's okay to come together and advocate for what's important to us. And that was um, something that I saw women coming together across the nation to participate in, to say we do have ideas about politics. And it's not uh, us versus them. It's just women for the first time coming together to say, yes, there are issues like politics or how we dress or women that wear hijabs at work. How right. is that different than, you know, it's something that men don't contend with. How does that begin to filter how we're treated at work and how we're either given access or restricted? And, and so a lot of these things that we never really thought about before in a very, um, I guess, transparent way, I'm seeing beginning to come up, which is, good. Yeah, that's, I I would agree with you. I also think that, you know, and I'm very sensitive to saying being exclusionary because there are, I think, more men that are starting to want to integrate the balance of family and life and picking up, you know, their children at a soccer game. And and those values, I'm seeing more and more, not just for women, but for men as well. So, it feels that to me that feels like that's changing as well, and as a result, changing culture within organizations. What what do you think of that notion? Oh, I think that's really true. I can't say I see more and more, and I see the needle moving uh, right. a lot more. Um, and I had the benefit. People when people hear me talk, they say, "Oh gosh, you must not. You have three children and, and a bonus daughter, four, and you must not have had any." male support. And I said, to the contrary, I talk about this because I was one of the few that actually had a husband who had, you know, the backpacks they used to have. We were entrepreneurs and he (laughs) would be at work and he was in the medical profession and he would have them in the backpack when I had meetings. (laughs) So I had at, at work actually at the counter. So I had that benefit and I really want, and, and because my parents gave me that, um, that courage to seek that out and to right. say, I am looking for that. I think if more women believe that that was an option, and like, like I said, a day without women, where those women were out talking about it, the more we hear conversations about what's important to women and that you can have that balance, um, you will be able to create that reality and actually give men also the, the notion that the idea and permission for yourself right. to, to be in such a, an arrangement. I mean, when I was running the um, Organization for Youth and Families in New York, I can remember at least 10 dads that were separated um, from their wives or divorced. And for four or five years, those are the dads every Saturday and Wednesday that would come and bring their child, that would serve food, that would, I mean, they did everything. And actually, those guys, at least five of them, are still my friends. That's because great. they yeah. were just so powerful. Right. I said, I really want you in my circle. <laughs> and they realized that they were unique. Right. They realized. Right. And so I, I definitely think more and more men want to do that, Seema. Mm-hmm. But out of a group of probably 200 parents, I can remember 200 women that would come yeah. every week. There were 10 men that would come. Right. And so they were courageous. They were excited to be there, and they set the trend. So hopefully now yeah. more and more are embracing that. Yeah, it's it's nice to see. 
So I, I would love to know what are your next projects? How can people find you and learn more about what you're doing? Oh, people can find me at global hyphen ashe, which is a s e dot com, or quiera k w a y e r a dot com, or on my um, Twitter or Instagram, which is k w a y e r a a c. And what's next for me is I am continuing to work with social venture corporations, meaning organizations and corporations and leaders that are making the world a better place, and particularly Fantastic. women leaders, and really helping to share some uh, tools in a toolkit for them to identify, define, and create opportunities for balance in their lives so that they can be more Thank effective and well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Love the dialogue and we'd love to have you back in the near future. Oh, thank you so much, Seema. It was a, my pleasure. Take care. Okay. And that wraps up this week's episode of the forum. Well, what a great conversation of learning about some of the challenges that women face, some creative strategies, prioritizing what you want, making sure that you balance those priorities working on things that give you passion, self-care, obviously something that's critical to kind of re-energizing all of us to, to stay true to our passion. We look forward to having you back next week. Thank you so much. Enjoy the day. We are so glad you've joined us for the forum. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time with your host, Seema Vasa, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a good week.